You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 34. Hey guys, happy Monday. This is actually a really special episode that I'm going to be sharing with you guys today. So this episode, we are talking all about breastfeeding, and I finally have a lactation consultant on the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast answering some breastfeeding questions for you guys. This has been a highly requested episode, and the lactation consultant that I picked, I actually know personally. Um, We talk about it in her intro a little bit of how we know each other, but Sandy is one of my good friends, a co-worker of mine, um, and she is just, I mean, I can't say enough good things about here. We're like, she's just an amazing woman. And I just admire her so much in what she does because she just wears a lot of hats. Sandy actually helped me a lot when I had Walter um, initially, and I was having a lot of issues with breastfeeding. She leads the breastfeeding support group that I went to almost every single week while I was on maternity leave and then thereafter. Um, And she came over to my house a few times and helped me with latching and helped me with supply issues and sat with me while I cried a few times just because I was you know, having issues breastfeeding. Of course, it's it's tough in the beginning. So I just love her. And I was so happy that she agreed to come on here and talk to us and answer some questions about breastfeeding because I trust her wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, so without further ado, let's get into today's episode with my good friend, Sandy. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This week was sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. If you guys know me, you know I love Mommy Knows Best and I love doing stuff with them. They have delicious lactation cookies that I currently have scattered all over my office and I eat way too many of them. (laughs) Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. From an assortment of delicious lactation cookies to supplements and beyond, their products contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Plus, I'm really excited to tell you that they just added a new gluten and dairy-free lactation cookie mix a couple weeks ago. I personally baked these in my oven and they were delicious. I don't do dairy or gluten-free, and I seriously could not tell that there was anything special about these cookies. They just tasted like delicious, freshly baked cookies. If you're interested in any of Mommy Knows Best products, use the code LABORNURSE10, that's L-A-B-O-R-N-U-R-S-E 10, to get 10% off all Mommy Knows Best products, valid on Amazon or at my link, mommylabornurse.com slash cookies. Hi, Sandy. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. 
Thank you for having me, Liesl. Yeah. Can you just start by telling listeners a little bit about yourself and your family, where you're from, how we know each other, all that good stuff? <laughs> okay. So my name is Sandy Arnold and I'm a lactation consultant. I also enjoy doing um, postpartum doula work. Yeah. I have two grown children. Um, both of my daughters, one is expecting a baby in May and one of my daughters has already had a baby. So my grandson is like my complete joy of everything of in my life right of now. <laughs> um, my youngest daughter had some breastfeeding struggles mm-hmm. and it, even living in a house with a lactation consultant doesn't mean that you won't have struggles. And yeah. then my oldest daughter is planning also on um, trying to breastfeed and be successful with it. Yeah. I live in a little bitty town in North Carolina called Bunn. Very small, <laughs> um, very southern rural area outside of Wake County. I have been working with moms and babies for the last 21 years, either doing um, in-home breastfeeding support programs, working in labor and delivery as a certified scrub tech, um, and then also um working in the postpartum field as far as helping moms once they go home from the hospital also with, with um, doing private duty stuff. I was just going to ask if you were still doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Very small. I don't do as much as I once did, but yeah. I will every once in a while if it will fit into my schedule, I will try yeah. to make it work. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm married. Um, my husband's name is Lynn and he's picks on me all the time when people say, what does your wife do? Oh, she's the booby nurse. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> he knows how passionate I am about helping a mom with breastfeeding and going into their homes and not charging them. And he gets yeah. on me a lot. Like you can make money doing that. And I'm like, mm, I'd rather do it for free. It's more of a joy. <laughs> like me, Sandy came to my house and helped me when I yeah. was that, what needed help with breastfeeding. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Lisa and I um, worked together, and that's how we met. And yeah. I was very impressed with her early on before Liesl ever had children. She would always come to me and say, can you help me get this baby latched on? Or can you show <laughs> me how to do it? So she was already intrigued about helping other moms with breastfeeding before she even had children. So, yeah. Well, thanks. I'm- <laughs> I always have been. I mean, it's always like, and you know, it's so funny, like this is side note tangent, (laughs) but I've always loved, I I love when I go into a mom's room, you know, we only take care of them for usually two hours. Um, Mm -hmm. But if they're having issues with latch or, and they want to just hand express, like I love love helping mom, mom's hand express. I don't know what it is, but it's like almost like that joy of like popping a zit. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's just hand express. <laughs> yes, I do too. Cause it's just like, they really didn't just realize they had that much yes. there. Yes. And they were trying to hand express themselves, but they were just not hitting it in the right spots. Yes. So when you can show them where to exactly place their hands and not, you're not squeezing the nipple, you're actually massaging the breast right. to bring it down. Then they're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Right, right. Now I love it. Well, awesome. Well, guys, today we are doing a total breastfeeding episode. Um, Sandy was so gracious to come on here. I asked her um, to come on here and answer some questions because, yeah, as she said, we know each other in in real life. <laughs> we work together at the hospital, and she was 
you know, my lactation consultant that I would text questions to. And she came over to my house and helped me with, with issues um, when, when I first had Walter. And she also was the kind of, I guess, leader <laughs> of the breastfeeding support group that I talk about all the time that I loved and went to um, when I first, when I first had Walter. So yeah, love Sandy. I love that she came on here. Um, and I have just kind of a list of questions. We're probably going to talk more about some of these questions and less about some. So let's just kind of bam, 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 go through. So this first one um, is just like kind of let's go over some of the standard symptoms that moms will initially feel once they kind of start breastfeeding, like nipple pain, engorgement, like what kind of goes on um, in those first few days or those first few weeks and how to kind of help some of these remedies out. Okay. So nipple pain is very expected. You should yeah. expect it with breastfeeding because you're just not used to having something on your breast, giving it attention eight to 12 times per day, or yeah. sometimes even more often than that, especially during the cluster feeding times. Yeah. Um, so some people that I've had even in breastfeeding support group have told me that they've had nipple pain up to six weeks. Yeah. It's how long it took them to really get their nipples like how toughened up mm -hmm. to not feel excruciating pain, but some pain. So it's not excruciating for six weeks, but they still feel some pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially for the first seven days, I tell moms expect it because your, your nipples are, be, you know, having all that attention there from your and baby I, nursing. Yeah. And I love that, that it, you're just open about that because I, I, I don't know what it is, but I think some lactation, it's a very common, I just like reposted a post about this the other day on Instagram that like of talking about this nipple pain that people have and some lactation consultants, like it's very common for us to say breastfeeding should never hurt. Like breast, like if you're hurt, if it's hurting, like there's something that's, that's wrong, but it's really right. not true. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you really don't know how tender your nipples are until you put a baby on there yeah. that's eating like a cookie monster. Yeah. And then you're like, uh-huh. Yeah. That is some painful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, just some remedies. I mean, some other things that also could be causing nipple, nipple pain could be latch. Yeah. Also, is the latch correct? Like, what does your latch look like? Are you feeling pinching, stinging, burning? Mm -hmm. When your baby does come and latch, what does your nipple look like? Is it looking like a lipstick shape? Mm -hmm. Is it looking um, creased, pinch looking? If so, it could just be an adjustment in the way that you have your baby positioned. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like to tell moms, you've got to continue to hold your breasts because in the beginning, people get a little bit relaxed and they don't continue to support the breast underneath by either holding it like a U shape or the C shape by holding your hand. And therefore, your baby is clenching and holding that breast even tighter. The breast is filled with milk and it's kind of hard for a baby to keep the nipple placed in the mouth if you're mm -hmm. not supporting the breast underneath. Mm -hmm. So also continuing to hold that breast underneath, sandwich it up, aim it for the roof of your baby's mouth and pull down on your baby's chin to make sure your baby's nice and deep in the breast when you are latching. And that, that can be your game changer mm -hmm. in having some nipple pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, it's like so simple things that it, it's almost like 
I'm trying to picture it in my head and I'm like, that just makes so much concrete sense just to kind of change your position a little bit and just really direct that nipple into baby's mouth. And I think it's probably even sometimes more difficult for moms who have larger breasts. So they have to kind of put a, you know, a rolled up towel underneath Mm -hmm. there, or they have to, you know, use props (laughs) to kind of like support their breasts. Yeah. I mean, even using a receiving blanket or Mm -hmm. your muslin blanket and rolling it up and putting it underneath your hand at the back of where you're holding your baby's at the nape of your baby's neck, because you don't want to ever hold the back of the baby's head. You always just want to like be holding your baby in between the shoulder blades and at the nape of the neck too, because if you feel like if they're their head is pressed in, they feel like they're being forced there and they tend to not like that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So by bringing them directly in that way too, and using that receiving blanket to prop will also help also with your latch. Cool. Good tip. Well, let's talk about engorgement and any other, because I know engorgement is a big, big one <laughs> that, yeah. you, that you get. <laughs> um, I always encourage people to just use ice and ibuprofen. Yeah. Don't add any heat to it because when you do add heat, you're adding extra blood flow yeah. and extra blood flow will cause even more engorgement. So ice, ibuprofen, um, after you feed the baby, if they're still full, then you should just pump to a comfort level and the huck a pump seems to work really well instead of having to hook up all your electric pump and put mm-hmm. all the pieces together in those early days just using the huck a pump can help relieve some of that pressure also mm-hmm. and trying to get a baby latch to engorge breasts is trying to get a baby to latch to a very tight basketball mm-hmm. so you may even have to use your huck for a few minutes or hand express to get your um, areola softened up enough to get your baby latched on. Mm, makes sense. And I'm sure it's even harder when when your baby is like super tiny and <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of experience breastfeeding in right. the first place. Yeah, exactly. So you really got to firm the nipple up too because your nipple gets even flatter during engorgement. So that's where the pumping kind of helps too. So by expressing and um, using a huck of hand pump, Yeah. Either one of those would help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, any other stuff that kind of happens in the beginning? Um, a lot of moms worry about like the perceived thought of, I don't have anything. There's nothing there. That's true. Yeah. So don't think that there's colostrum there. Don't get nervous about it. Just feed the baby. Keep up with the wets, the wet diapers and the pee diaper, the pee diapers and the poop diapers because what goes in must come out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cultural too. A lot of um, Hispanic families that we, that we care for, that's a very, very common um, thing that they always say that they, you know, no milk, <laughs> right? Like they always mm-hmm. say like, I don't have any milk. I don't have any milk. So it's like, might be like kind of a cultural thing too, but yeah, you do. Right. It's, it's colostrum. It's, it's coming out. There's something in there. It's not a lot, but mm-hmm. yeah. And just some things, what can we do like for nipple pain? Um, using your own express milk. Yeah. Just expressing it and leaving it there. Olive oil is really good and very healing to nipples. Coconut oil. Um, I'd recommend to a lot of moms, the earth mama angel baby nipple butter Yeah, because it's free of a lot of parabens and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. works really well. Hydrogel pads, also known as comfort gel pads, putting them in the refrigerator while you're nursing. And then when they come out, putting those on seem to bring a lot of comfort to sore nipples also. 
Yeah. And if your nipples are severe, sore, and you, you just, you know, that those things are not working, Dr. Newman's all-purpose nipple ointment mm-hmm. um, can also be used. And you can ask your OB provider to write your prescription for that. Okay, cool. Very cool. And I've had lots, some moms that just have a lot of pain. They have suggested the Silverette silver nursing cups. You can uh-huh. get them on Amazon. Um, they tend to work. We know silver is a healing, mm-hmm. you know, using mm-hmm. silver. It's also used for a lot of some wounds. So mm-hmm. if you've got really, really cracked nipples and those things are not helping the silverette silver nursing cups can help. Oh, interesting. I haven't heard of those. I'm gonna have to look those up. Hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Makes total sense. <clears throat> All right, cool. Well, let's move on to the next question. And this one is just you know, you can kind of go off and say as many things as you want. Um, but I just want to know from you, um, in your breastfeeding group, kind of what are some of the most common complaints that you see from new moms, you know, coming in with like a few day old babies or, you know, three month old babies, kind of what are some of the most common issues? Well, we just covered one, which was sore nipples. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. that the, <laughs> and the correct way to latch a baby. That's yeah. usually the most two things when, especially when they come in with a brand new baby. Yeah. Um, sleep deprivation. Yes. Oh, when will the baby sleep all night? Yeah. If I had a penny for every time somebody asked me that, I wouldn't have to do lactation anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I wish I could answer that question, but, you know, I just tell people we have to sleep when the baby sleeps. Yeah. I do like to remind moms, and I'm sure there may be some lactation consultants that may not agree with this, but in order to make milk, you also have to have some sleep. Yeah. So I see the biggest difference when I tell a mom, you can sleep one four hour stretch mm-hmm. in a 24 hour period. Mm-hmm. Take that time. I don't care what time of day it is, whether you choose in the middle of the day, the evening time, or in the middle of the night where you feed your baby and then you sleep for four hours. Mm-hmm. Yes, your baby's going to need to eat in between that time. Then whoever your support person is that's helping you, they can either syringe feed the baby some milk that you have pumped Mm-hmm. Um, or if you need to supplement with some donor milk or supplement with formula, mm-hmm. sleep is so critical in those early days for moms making milk for their mental health. I mean, as well as their milk production health. Yeah, totally agree. And I say this all the time and I have comments, um, sometimes that refute that as well. Like you said, some people don't agree that like, no, you need to, pump, 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 or feed, 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 feed. You're not going to make milk if you don't, you know, stimulate, which is true, but we're not looking at the whole picture sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they also asked me, how do I balance being a wife, Mm a mommy and Mm -hmm. self-care? Yeah. How do we do that? So the moms in breastfeeding support group, they will just bounce off each other and give each other tips. Yeah. You know, I, I like to tell them, what are three things, write it down, that you need to accomplish today? Mm-hmm. I still and, do that. <laughs> and whatever those, make sure that it's three important things that is like every time that you're like, oh my God, I'm just sitting here feeding a baby. I should be doing this and doing this and doing yeah. this. If those three things keep coming to your mind, then if you do it, then it's done. Yeah. So make, make a list to do three important things. Yeah. No, for the I day can't. to kind of help balance it out. And maybe by the end of the week, 
you have gotten that basket of mail cleaned up mm-hmm. or you've emptied the trash in the ga- guest bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be just little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I think it's to each their own. I mean, there are some moms who say, you know what? I, I'm just, I'm good. I, I don't need to do anything. <laughs> but I mean, I definitely thrive on that. Like I just, I need to keep myself busy and I need to say, Hey, you know what? I need to get up every single morning and wash my face and like, you know, just do my little morning routine and like do my nighttime routine to like feel like a human. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, or, you know, some days like when I go out, I'm like, I, I need to like, actually kind of brush my hair and do my makeup and, you know, try not to sacrifice that, that really, it, you know, a lot of this stuff, we think that we lose our, our self-image and, and on ourselves when we have kids. But I mean, it, this is minutes, you know, uh, my, my, mm-hmm. my daily routine. I mean, it, I used, it used to be a lot longer, but I'm able to do it in five minutes now. And it really, I can do it. You know, it's five minutes and it makes me feel like a human. (laughs) So it's so important. That's a, that's a really, really good one to bring up because you're right. That is probably something that a lot of moms struggle with and not just, you know, that word that it, that we're talking about these topics in breastfeeding support group that are directly breastfeeding issues, but Hey, like this is an issue that is going on and I just need to talk about it. Right. And on being, and being a wife, communicate with your partner. Yes. You know, they can't read your mind, even though we think that they should be able to read our minds. They can't always. So if you don't communicate how you feel or just saying, I would really like for you to hold the baby for 30 minutes and I just go for a walk just to see if that would revitalize you, relax you, make you feel like yourself for 30 minutes. Yeah. So just communicating with your partner also. Yeah. No. And taking that time out for self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Awesome. Well, let's move on to the next one. Uh, this one is about building a freezer supply because this one's a common one that people ask, especially when they're on maternity, you know, they're on a maternity leave and they're thinking about going back to work. Like, how do I even build a freezer supply. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what your recommendations are. Cause I know that's probably a common thing that people ask in breastfeeding group too. Like, Hey, <laughs> how it do I is, even go about doing this? Yes. It's very common. And I like to tell people, you don't need an entire freezer full of milk when right. you go back to work right? because your baby needs fresh over frozen all the time. Right. So what you pump when you're away from your baby at work is what your baby's going to use the next day. So if you've got a whole freezer full of milk, when are you going to incorporate all that milk? When you have low dips in your supply, things like that. So I tell people you want about 50 to a hundred ounces and that will be adequate enough. So two weeks before you're returning to work, start building that supply, mm-hmm. whether it be in the morning times after a morning feeding session. And that tends to be when moms have the most milk, mm-hmm. like when you've been asleep and that's that first feeding of the morning, you feed the baby and then you're like, oh yeah, I can still tell there's more there. Even though mm-hmm. the baby is full, that would be a good time to initiate that pumping. Um, and usually, you know, babies get a little bit better. There's really never no schedule, but they do tend to stretch out their feedings three to four hours at around the two month mark. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. looking at just a couple of weeks before you're going back to work to at that time. Yeah. And that's so easy. And I mean, that's kind of what I did. I think I started a little bit before two weeks, but I, but I definitely had a, like 50 ounces and 
I, you know, that's, that's plenty, <laughs> you know, like that, yeah, that, that was plenty. <laughs> right. And the extra ounces will help for times right. when your baby's having a growth spurt. And then sometimes just by going to a daycare setting or not being, you know, nursing directly from the breast, sometimes babies want a little bit more yeah. so that your, your yes. um, daycare provider may tell you, okay, you give me four ounce bottles, but this baby needs another ounce. So right. that could be your extra supply right. there. Very true. Very true. And also adding in a power pumping session can mm -hmm. also help, you know, doing that one time a day. And if you're not familiar with what power pumping is, it's, it can be done two ways. Um, for one hour, you pump 10 minutes, you take a break 10 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. set the alarm on your phone or you can pump for 20 minutes, take a break for 10 and then pump for 10. So mm -hmm. some people start out doing a full 20 minutes and then 10 minute intervals yep. for one hour. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I, that's exactly what I did. I didn't, I think I pumped because I had issues with my supply. So I, I wanted to pump a, a few times a day to try and build that freezer stash. But that's exactly what I did. I just, every night, you know, for a few weeks before I went back to work, I just sat and watched a Netflix, Netflix show and wore mm -hmm. my pump. And, you know, I would get like a good three, four ounces. And then I would just store, you know, my baby didn't need that right now. I just would store it. So it's like super, super easy, simple. And you get to watch a Netflix show. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> you get me time. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, let's go as we're kind of talking about schedules. Let's go into this next question. This one is just what kind of is your recommendation? What does a typical nursing pumping schedule look like? Is there even a schedule? How does this kind of change over time as baby gets bigger? Kind of what I think we, you know, we all thrive on schedules in general. So I, I know a common complaint that I hear from so many moms and so many of my friends is like, when is this going to start being a schedule? Like, when can I like start knowing that my baby's going to eat now and like mm -hmm. sleep now or whatever? So what, tell me what you have to tell me about schedules, Sandy. <laughs> so when I get this question asked, I get it asked a lot yeah. over and over again, because we do live in a world now where we are very scheduleized right. people. Right. Um, but for the first four weeks, there's no schedule. Yeah. Um, even into the eight weeks is after about eight weeks, then you can kind of see uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel of all of this sitting and doing nothing but nursing. But for the first two weeks, because this is the most challenging time because you, you are getting over delivering. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're getting over being pregnant, delivering a baby. Um, all of that is so tiring. Mm -hmm. And your body, you know, has gone through so many hormones and so many emotions, and then you're nursing all the time, and you just kind of do want that schedule, but there's not. So it's normal to just take a nursecation, is what I like right. to tell people. You're, you're <laughs> probably on a, anywhere from an eight-week to a 12-week maternity leave. So during this time, you're on a nursecation where you are just to nurse your baby, nurse yourself back to health and you and your baby just nurture each other and don't worry about a schedule for at least the first eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first two to four weeks, you know, anyway, you're going to be letting your baby 
feed on demand Mm -hmm. those first two weeks up into the first four weeks. Then at around the four week mark, you may see babies start to be like, Oh, I'm eating every two hours today. Mm -hmm. And then the next day you may see baby eating every two, two and a half. And then the next day the baby's eating every 30 minutes. What's up? What happened there? Mm -hmm. Because your baby goes through growth spurts and different needs that they have development wise. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's really no need to try to set a schedule. At around two months, you can babies start to space out some and they'll eat anywhere from every three to four hours Mm -hmm. unless they are growing through a growth spurt or having some brain development things going on where that causes them to nurse more. But for most days, you can count on at around the two month mark, babies eating every three to four hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, pretty, pretty standard. And I was going to say, I think you were the one that told me about the Wonder Weeks app and the Wonder and Wonder Weeks and all that. I love, I love pushing that. (laughs) It is spot on. It is. But my daughter had it. And if the baby was doing something, my grandson, I was like, what does your app say? Yeah. And finally, I just got the book so I could Mm -hmm. read the book. I did I mean, too. I, as a grandma, I got time to read books now because I don't have for, books. Yeah, children. for real. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but when you are in the midst of having babies and newborns, you don't have time to read books. So that's where podcast and yep. the Wonder Weeks app comes into play to help you out with those kind of stuff. So I highly recommend the Wonder Week apps because yeah. it is really spot on with what your baby's got going on. It is. I, I mean, it's amazing how crazy accurate. And for people who don't know anything, what we're talking about, it's just an app. It's also a book that you get a whole book that you can read, but it's basically you download this app and you put in, I think your baby's due date. No, I think your Mm. baby's birthday. I don't remember either baby's due date or your baby's birthday. I think it's due date because I think it goes off of their due date. Um, but you put their the date in and then it kind of tells you when baby goes through these things called leaps where which are basically just kind of growth slash de- developmental changes baby might be a little bit more fussy during this time you know might want to mm-hmm. cluster feed a little bit more might you know this might happen this is how you can kind of help baby through this period you know and then there's these other periods that are kind of more sunny times and babies might be a little bit more happy and I mean, it is insane how accurate it was. I, I remember Walter, it was, a f- he was always a few days like premature from when he was about to go through a leap. Like I would be working with him, you know, feeding him and I'm like, what is going on with him? And then I would check my app and I'm like, oh, he's about to go through a leap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just, it made me feel sane, you know, cause I could kind of predict and like, no, okay, this is, this is what's going on with him. He's not, I'm not just crazy, you know? So yeah, totally like love the wonder weeks. <laughs> Definitely. Everybody needs to download that app because that is a life Mental mental health and lifesaver. Most <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely. Yes. I mean, and Love then, it. you know, I'll tell people like eight is your magic number because yeah. a lot of times mom will be like, how many times is this baby really supposed to eat a day? Yes. And your baby's six weeks old. Eight yeah. is the magic number. You don't, you want to make sure baby is nursing at least eight times a day. Yeah. Or if you didn't get that nursing session in, then you need to make sure your baby gets fed yes. via bottle, via syringe, spoon, whatever it is to make sure that eight is your magic number. Yeah. I mean, it's at least eight to 12 times a day. And when I have moms come back to see me and their babies are losing weight, it's like, okay, how many times in a 24 hour period is your baby eating? And they'll of course pull up an app that they're using and they're like, like six times a day. Well, that could be a reason why your baby's not gaining the weight it needs yeah. to, 
you yeah. know, so that's why, that's why I tell people you got to feed on demand. Some babies are happy with just six times a day, mm-hmm. but we know that that's not enough for them to stay on the growth curve that they need to stay on to keep the pediatricians happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Cause that's a whole other issue. <laughs> right. Right. Cool. All right. Well, let's go, let's jump into these milk supply questions. Um, and there are two of them. The first one is about not making enough milk. And the second one is about what do I do if I make too much milk? I know this is a very common issue that uh, comes up in support group. And just in general, moms are always asking about like, what do I do? I feel like I'm not making enough milk. So let's talk about low, low supply and, ma- and, you know, not making enough milk first. Yeah. And milk supply issues are common. And when I do have moms come to me, I do ask them a little bit of history and physical questions before. Yeah. Because there, there are some underlying issues that can cause you to have milk supply. So that would be something that you would want to talk with a lactation consultant about. Just give them Mm -hmm. some history and physical about yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, but one thing that I always look at is, is baby gaining weight? How much weight is your baby gaining each week? So I um, like to give moms a little, a little card that tells them how much their baby should gain each week to stay on track. And that kind of helps them know that they're not having milk supply issues. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it could be a perceived thought, especially at around the two to four week mark when your breasts are not engorged anymore and they go back to that normal feeling. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first thoughts that comes into a mom's mind is like, oh my God. I must not have enough milk anymore. It's and it then for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually about the time when your baby's having a growth spurt also yeah. and your breasts are like normal feeling, mm-hmm. but there's milk there. It may not be the fullness that you had experienced during that engorgement period, but just trust your body and keep feeding the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some weight gain things, zero to three months, your baby should gain five to eight ounces a week. Mm-hmm. Three to six months, two and a half to four and a half ounces a week. Mm-hmm. From six to nine months, one and a half to three and a half ounces each week. Nine to 12 months, one to three ounces each week is your weight gain for your babies. Yeah. Um, so some tips for making more milk. Stimulation is the key. Yeah. Now, I know that we have these medicines and, or what I call galactagogues, herbal remedies out there that help us, right. that tell us that can enhance our milk making production. But there's nothing like telling the breasts to make more milk. So by right. doing some extra pumping, like breastfeed first and then pump afterwards for anywhere from five to 15 minutes, you know, a couple of times a day if you are having milk supply issues. Also adding in a power pumping session, one in the morning and one in the evening. It depends on how severe your milk supply has dropped. Mm-hmm. Also, are you hydrated enough? <clears throat> We're busy. I mean, new moms are busy. You yep. can't remember how much you've drank for the day. So always keeping that water bottle by your side and making sure you're drinking half of your body weight mm-hmm. in water, juice, body armors, Gatorade, anything like that decaf tea, some caffeinated tea, some coffee, all of that is fine. You want to make sure you do it earlier in the morning and in the daytime, not too late at nighttime with caffeinated drinks. Right. And then are you fueling your body with enough calories? Because who's got time to eat when you're feeding baby cookie monster that's eating all the time. (laughs) You don't have time to eat yourself. You know, one handed snacks, the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you can eat. Um, lactation balls. <laughs> yeah, a burrito with one hand. A nice messy burrito. Right. Um, 
<laughs> oatmeal, the lactation um, balls. If you're not familiar with those, there's recipes for those on Pinterest yeah. that you can pull up. You can just like pop them in your mouth. I can remember my daughter would wake up for a 3 a.m. breastfeeding session, and she would be ravishingly hungry. Yeah. We would have lactation balls in the refrigerator, and she would just like grab her several of them before she started <laughs> her breastfeeding session. So oh, she same. Could eat. I totally remember waking up. You just brought back like a vivid memory. I totally remember waking up so many nights in the middle of the night and just being like, I want the pasta that's in there, like the pizza that's in the fridge right now, like just going to the fridge and just being like, what can I eat right now? It's like 2 a.m. <laughs> like so hungry in the middle of the night. Yeah. Breastfeeding hunger is like no other. <laughs> yeah. 1800 to 2200 calories a day is what yeah. you need. Yeah. You know, so don't think about dieting until after breastfeeding is over with. Yeah. You know, think about making healthy choices if that makes you feel better, but right. getting right. in those calories with your healthy choices. Right. I mean, and walking and exercising, all of that is great stuff too, but make sure you're still getting in your calories. If you're burning those calories up by exercising, put them right back in your body again. Very important. Yes. Uh, and do I need Galacticogs? When do I get to the point where I need some herbal supplement? Yeah. I mean, so if you've tried all of these things for a week to increase your supply and you don't see any milk production increase, then by all means, try some products. Um, yeah. I encourage people to use Malungue, goat's mm -hmm. root, blessed thistle. Mm -hmm. um, Legendary Milk has really good products that are fenugreek free. Mm -hmm. um, I went to a conference, and the reason I'm kind of against fenugreek now is because I learned from that conference how it messed with mom's thyroid hormones. Mm -hmm. And we know that's the hormones that keep our body making milk also. Mm -hmm. So staying away from fenugreek would be uh, ideal. It works well for some people, but for some people it doesn't. I think a so, lot of people, I think a lot of um, companies are starting to catch on too, because I've seen that as more of a trend now where they're making, like Mommy Knows Best does a lot, like most of their stuff is completely fenugreek free now because of that reason. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of companies are realizing that like, hey, fenugreek is good for some things and for some people, but it messes with other things. We're starting to see research come out. So yeah, no, totally agree. And I tried the fenugreek, didn't didn't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I smelled like the yeah. maple syrup, but I didn't, it didn't increase my milk supply. Right. And the mommy knows best. Those products are good, Like yeah. they are delicious. Yeah, they are. I love their cookies. Because Liesl has brought us brownies to breastfeeding <laughs> support group and they are so good. And the cookies. Yeah. So good. Yeah. They don't taste like a lot of the cookies and the bites and like a lot of the ones that I've tried that are edible like that. Um, you just taste the brewer's yeast in them so much. And it's like, bleh. <laughs> you know, I've tried mm -hmm. to make, I've tried to make, I tried to make a smoothie one time with brewer's yeast and I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to gag it down. It was so gross. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like brewer's yeast, you really have to have to try and hide that flavor. It's a strong right. flavor. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the next uh milk supply issue, which if you don't have enough, you might have too much. So this is another common one. I think, I feel like you might agree with me. I feel like low supply, that's probably more common, like more moms wonder about that and right. have issues with that than oversupply. But there's definitely a good, you know, percentage of, of the population of breastfeeding moms who deal with oversupply issues and like, oh my gosh, this, this what do I do? <laughs> I'm making too much. <laughs> so what are your best kind of tips for these moms? So block feeding 
especially if you've got too much feeding and to explain block feeding, that's where you feed on the same breast for two feedings. Yeah. Well, what do I do with this other full breast over here? Because I haven't been able to switch to it because I've done fed two times on the right side. Mm -hmm. Well, you will need to just pump that breast to a comfort level or hand express, whether you're using a hand pump, your own hands to hand express or the electric pump to just get it to a comfort level. Okay. Um, also make sure you add cool compresses to your breast. You don't want to, you know, add more blood flow there. Yeah. So adding cool compress will also help um, with the uncomfortableness that you're feeling yeah. in between the time that you need to feed the baby two times on the breast that didn't get the feeding two times before. Yeah. You know, um, also drinking sage tea. You don't want to drink mm-hmm. copious amounts of it, but sage has been known to help decrease hmm. your supply. Um, some, so maybe at least one to two times a day, anywhere from eight to 16 ounces total in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I wouldn't want you to dry it up, but like try it yeah. for a day or two and see where your supply is at with it. If you have an oversupply that's really severe, sometimes even taking a decongestant cold medicine mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. help. And I only tell that to moms who have babies that are having green blowout diapers, very mm. frothy, watery, and it seems that the baby's getting way too much for milk and not enough high milk gotcha. and just having lots of um, green poop, bright green poops and not gaining weight. So your baby's not getting those calories because of so much for milk. So that's you and your baby's having that. Then you would definitely want to think about taking a decongestant, just something over the counter. Gotcha. All right. Well, those are good tips. And I feel like um, with oversupply too, some moms, it's very manageable. You know, you just have like a little bit of an oversupply and Hey, you have like a little bit of a freezer stash or, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I know some moms who, who are super oversuppliers and then they say, Hey, you know what? This isn't really a burden. I'm just, you know, pumping anyways, and I'm going to donate this milk. So right. it's just, yeah, to each their own. But I think some moms do it, struggle with it and need those tips. So that's good. All right. Well, this kind of last question, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up, is about nipple shields. <laughs> and I feel like moms kind of sometimes, this is common in, in breastfeeding support groups or in the hospital even, um, they kind of over-depend on these. So can you explain, and I have questions about nipple shields all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you explain kind of how they work and best practices and like what we should do with them and what we shouldn't do with them and just kind of explain, first explain what a nipple shield is because some see people probably who are still pregnant, not breastfeeding yet, probably don't know what they are at all. So a nipple shield is a silicone um, type device that kind of looks like a bottle nipple on the end. It's very soft and pliable that would fit directly over your nipple. You want to make sure you create a suction with it, just like you do a suction cup when you're about to hang the pretty um, reef on your door. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to like pull it back (laughs) and fold it back, put it on your nipple and make sure you pop it out. Kind of like roll it back like a little sombrero hat. Got it. So that your nipple fully pulls down into it. A nipple shield is a great tool if it's used right and gotten, you know, gotten rid of in the correct amount of time. Um, 
a lot of reasons that nipple shields are used is because you may have short nipples, flat nipples, inverted nipples. Um, Sometimes it's used where a baby just can't latch. I'll have moms come see me after they've been discharged from the hospital at breastfeeding support group. And I'm like, you need a nipple shield for that nipple? I don't understand because you got really good nipples. I don't, you know, know why they would start that in the hospital. Yeah. And a lot of reasons why I started in the hospital is because maybe during labor, you received a lot of extra IV fluids. You know, if Uh, you were induced, you get a lot of IV fluids. If you get a epidural, you may get a big bolus that causes you just to hold that fluid. So you're, when the lactation sees you for the first time, they see it as, oh, your nipples are flat and short, mm. but it's just really fluid that's there. So th- what you may need to do is like just push that fluid back. And I teach it to moms like if I see it in labor and delivery setting or if, they, if they've got a mom that's having a hard time with latching and I may get a call and say, hey, can you come latch this mom over on postpartum? And I'll go over there and I show them what we call reverse pressure softening. Mm -hmm. There is a video on YouTube where you can watch the reverse pressure softening. It's almost like plucking a flower. So Hmm. you would just take and grab your nipple and pull your nipple out, not hard, not gentle. And you just kind of like massage the fluid back away from the edge of your nipple and then latch the baby on. Gotcha. That seems to help a lot. And if, you know, more lactation consultants or more nurses, if we teach them this, you know, each one teach one, yeah. we can reach a lot more moms and kind of get away from the nipple shield phenomenon that we have going on. Yeah. Cause just it is by pushing that fluid back. It is a phenomenon. I feel like they are just, I mean, they're good for what they're needed for. Right. But they're just, I feel like overused. Yes, I totally agree. Now, I've said many times, if I'd had a nipple shield when I had my first baby, I'd have been in business because mm-hmm. I was a first-time mom. Yes, I took Lamaze's education, mm-hmm. and I learned about breastfeeding there, but it still did not prepare me for when I had this little seven-pound baby mm-hmm. who had a tight frenulum, and at the time, I did not know that's what her problem was, but my nipples were always sore till they mm-hmm. finally got to the point where they weren't sore anymore, but if I'd had a nipple shield, I'm sure it would have helped me a lot with my struggles, but they didn't make those things 28 years ago. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I just had to endure it. <laughs> But it is a barrier also. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times people are not told if you're using a nipple shield, you need to pump after using the shield. Yes. Especially in those early days because your baby doesn't have full mouth contact there. So you're not releasing what you could be releasing from the breast. So it can cause you to have a decreased supply. It can cause your baby to have slow weight gain also. So always pump after using a nipple shield for the first two weeks, anywhere from 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever time that you have permitting. 15 minutes would be ideal, but if you don't have 15 minutes, whatever you can do to make sure that you are pumping with your electric pump afterwards, both breasts. Yeah, that's so important. That's a good tip. So, okay, what if I'm a mom who I'm using, I'm correctly using this nipple shield, okay? It's fine, but when do I stop or how do I even stop? Because I think that's a uh, that's a big issue that people that moms ask you. Like, I'm addicted to it. How do I stop? <laughs> right. I always encourage people at around the four week mark, just yeah. let it go. Yeah. It's kind of like frozen. You got to let it go. Just take <laughs> it off. 
<laughs> and just put that baby on, you know? Yeah. And you want to do it at a time when your baby's not ravishingly hungry. Yeah. Start out by doing some skin to skin first with the baby and when the, you know, just guide the baby gently down there and then just latch the baby on without it. Yeah. You will be more surprised at like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I that this baby it. just latched without it. Yeah. Be relaxed, you know, don't be tense about it, but just let it go. Yeah. I've had, I've told that to so many moms and the r- reports that I get back when they come out the next week to see me is like, I did what you said. I let Good. it go. And today we nursed five times without it. And then the next day, you know, we nursed every time without it. So it mm-hmm. just depends on also what kind of mood that baby is in, you know, like I need my shield or right. I don't need the shield. And that's good to, to note too, that it doesn't have to be like cold Turkey. Like you can kind of grab, like, let it go, but it doesn't yep. have to be like completely. I, I'm no. not going to use this again at all. And it probably helps too, as they grow and their mouths get a little bit bigger and they get better at breastfeeding after four weeks. So that's probably a perfect time to kind of let it go if it needs Mm -hmm. to be let go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, let's wrap up. Sandy, do you have, I just wanted to ask you one last question. If you have any last tips as, as a mom of two (laughs) who breastfed and as a lactation consultant and who's has seen God knows how many moms breastfeed (laughs) in the first few weeks, do you have any last tips for moms who are listening? Right. Breastfeeding can be overwhelming, but it's also rewarding. Don't let it stress you out. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Even if you need to be an exclusive pumper, your baby is still breastfeeding. I don't like the term where people's like, oh, you're just pumping and putting it in a bottle. You're still breastfeeding your baby and you're providing the best nutrition possible for your baby. Or it doesn't always have to be all or nothing where you're just breastfeeding. If you need to breastfeed and formula feed, it's okay to do that also. I mean, I've had a mom tell me one time before, if I'd have known that I could have gave her just one bottle of formula one time, I wouldn't have stopped breastfeeding. So some people think it's all or nothing and it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. And seek help. If you are, if you think you're doing it wrong or if you're just not right, seek help by going to a breastfeeding support group or reaching out to a lactation consultant that may be at your pediatrician's office or it, or just in your local area, someone that does in-home breastfeeding support. Mm-hmm. I mean, seek that help out because it could just be something so simple that needs tweaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're perfect and you're fine. You know, you just need yeah. that little boost. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Enjoy and enjoy your baby. It's yeah. time that you'll never get back. Right. The saying is the days are long, but the years are short. It's so that's true. So, that's so true. I can't believe my child is three years old. Like it just mm. blows my mind that he's three. And like I look back at pictures of him and when he was tiny, and I'm like, that really was not that long ago, <laughs> if I really think about it. So right. no, you're absolutely and I, right. I love being of help to moms. It's, it's my passion because yeah. I was once you, Yeah, I was once that new mom that struggled and didn't know what she was doing with breastfeeding, yeah. you know, so reach out these people, you know, lactation people are there. They want to help you be successful with it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great. I think that's a great way to end it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sandy. I think this was a great episode for people to tune into if they're having issues with breastfeeding or if they're still pregnant. I I always encourage moms to do breastfeeding education and just to kind of learn about breastfeeding 
while they're still pregnant. Well, you know, when you're not in the thick of it. <laughs> so right. thank you so, so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I was very honored when you asked. <laughs> Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money-back guarantee, so if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcastlistener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.